Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Hey friends. Well, before I get into my sermon this morning, I want to keep you abreast to our plans for the spring. As you know, this week, Governor Scott announced a timeline for scaling back some of the COVID restrictions. And it looks like we'll be able to gather together outdoors and in person again in some capacity. And so we're doing our due diligence to investigate and explore all the possible outdoor spaces that might accommodate us with the hope of being able to start worshiping in person starting in May. And so we're excited about that. Please be praying with us as we as we look for the right outdoor space. Uh, we should have some specifics for you on what that will look like in the next week or two. Okay, well, there's a scripture that, that I have been contemplating this week since Easter, really. And it's Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And it says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. You know, last Sunday was Easter Sunday, and it was a memorable Easter for sure. A bunch of us were able to gather outdoors in person at a sunrise service to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. That was a really special time. And then we had an online Easter service at 10 a.m., for those who couldn't join us in person that morning. And I'm just so grateful that we all got to celebrate the resurrection together. You know, I have been following Jesus now and attending Easter Sunday worship gatherings for over 35 years. And I still look forward to them. It's one of the highlights of my year as a pastor, right? And that makes sense. But one thing that I've experienced with almost all of those 35 Easter celebrations is something I call an Easter hangover, (laughs) right? We, We have this glorious celebratory resurrection service, but then the next Sunday comes along and and much of that Easter adrenaline has subsided. And I've learned over the years that that's nothing to be concerned about. That's just the nature of celebration events. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that everything has a season. There's a time to dance and a time to grieve. And even the very first disciples of Jesus experienced this Easter hangover. And we read about it in the 21st chapter of John's Gospel. In the 21st chapter of John's Gospel, we find that Jesus had risen from the dead and he appeared to the disciples in resurrected form on two occasions. And those occasions were meaningful. It was extraordinary and exciting and celebratory. Here was Jesus alive and talking to them in person. But soon after those resurrection appearances, we read about the disciples not knowing what to do with themselves. And so they're certain that Jesus is alive that he's the son of God, that he's the Messiah. They're just not certain what to do. They're at a loss. Jesus had appeared to them twice in person, vanished just as quickly as he appeared. And so they know Jesus is alive. They just don't know what to do about it. 
And so let's read this resurrection story in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. So here we have Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Thomas, Nathaniel, and two other disciples who aren't named for some reason. And they're trying to figure out what to do with themselves. They have seen and encountered the, the resurrected Jesus two times, but he's not with them right now. And they're wondering, where do we go from here? So Jesus had appeared to them in resurrected form. And while those times were exciting and memorable for these disciples, they're now in, in limbo. And they're just uncertain of what to do next. They're probably wondering, do we just wait for Jesus to show up again? Will he show up again? Is he going to tell us where to go? Is he going to give us something to do? So they'd experienced the resurrected Christ, but they weren't quite sure what to do after that fact. And so they went back to what they knew. They went fishing. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a, a memorable transformative experience with Jesus. Maybe God met you in an unexpected way. Maybe he came through for you in a miraculous fashion or provided something for you that you were in desperate need of. Or maybe he surprised you with hope and with joy at a time when you couldn't find any hope and joy anywhere. Or maybe God spoke to you directly to your heart through something you saw or something you heard, something you read. And the thing is, as, as exciting and memorable as those moments are for us, sometimes when they're over, they leave us wondering what's next. You know, this last Sunday, Easter Sunday, I woke up at 1 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep. And whenever that happens to me, I usually get up and, and go pray in, in my living room. And, and I did. I got up. And, and as I was praying, I was thinking about our sunrise service that was going to happen at 630 in the morning and how I had to get up at five to kind of pray and go over those, go over my sermon notes and get ready for that service. Easter's kind of a big deal. Pastors need to be like on their game, right, Easter? And so waking up at one o'clock in the morning the night before that usually isn't really good for, for focus and for being alert. And then we also had an online service at 10 and a Zoom communion time together at 11. And I had my parents coming over for lunch who I hadn't seen in over a year. And they were going to spend the entire afternoon with us. And then after that, we had an egg hunt planned outside at a neighbor's house. And I was really worried about crashing that day, not being fully present for any of it, being uh, foggy, not being, not, not having a ton of clarity. And so I was praying and, and I felt the Holy Spirit assure me that he'd provide me with the energy and 
alertness and clarity that I needed that day. It, it almost felt like he was saying, hey, I got you, Adam. It's going to be okay. And, you know, that was a meaningful experience with God that night. And, and sure enough, I was able to be focused and enjoy all those special Easter Sunday moments, even without a full night's sleep. But when I woke up on Monday, it was back to the grind. It was back to my normal routine. You see, sometimes, like the disciples in in this story in John's Gospel, we experience God meeting us in a significant way. And, And while we recognize those moments and we appreciate them, we don't always know what to do afterwards. And a lot of times we just go back to what we know. We go back to our routine. And as we'll see in this story, in just a minute as we continue to read, Jesus doesn't berate the disciples for that. They had gone back to what they knew. They had gone back to fishing. They, they, were, they, they didn't know what to do with themselves. And Peter says, I think I'm just going to go fish. And everyone says, yeah, we'll, we'll come with you. And Jesus doesn't berate the disciples for that. He doesn't accuse them of of taking his resurrection lightly or taking it for granted. He doesn't scold them for not spending all their time preaching. You know, if I were Jesus, I would see these guys and be like, what is wrong with you? I just rose from the dead. Can't you just go out there and, and do what you're supposed to do? But he didn't do any of that. Instead, he invites the disciples to have breakfast with him. Let's read John chapter 21 and verse 4. At dawn... Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, John, of course, is referring to himself there, said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread Verse 10, bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them, the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Let me tell you what I love about this resurrection story. The disciples, we're told, have already had two transformative, powerful encounters with the resurrected Jesus, and this is their third one. So so they know he's alive, and they know that their futures are somehow tied to his resurrection, but they're unsure about what to do next, what to do about that. So they go back to what they know. 
They go fishing because that's what their occupation was before they met Jesus. But they fish all night and they don't catch anything. And so they're probably feeling pretty dejected at this point. They're likely thinking to themselves, man, not only are we terrible disciples for not knowing what to do, we can't even fish anymore. We, we've seen the resurrected Jesus twice. We followed him for three years. You think we would be better disciples than this. You think we would know what to do when he's not here with us, but we don't. And to make things worse, we can't fish anymore. We don't know even how to catch fish. Why did Jesus choose us in the first place? And then when Jesus calls them from the shoreline, they don't recognize him. And so you know, another strike against them, like what kind of disciples are these guys? Shouldn't they be able to recognize Jesus without needing to see another miracle, another miracle catch of fish? We're told that once they finally do recognize Jesus and they make their way to the shore, all Jesus asks of them is to join him for breakfast. I think that's noteworthy because Jesus doesn't give them a stern lecture. He, he doesn't write them out a long to-do list. He doesn't put any heavy burdens on them. He doesn't accuse them of sitting around and being spiritually unproductive. That's what I would have done if I was Jesus. I, I would have ripped into those guys and said, what is wrong? Like, you've seen me in resurrected form twice. You spent three years with me. Surely you know what to do. No, instead, he just asks them to have breakfast with him. Now, he does eventually, later on in the chapter, recommission Peter, his friend Peter, but not until he spent time with him over breakfast first. So why would Jesus do that? You would think, wow, Jesus, you've got to make the most of these resurrection appearances. Like, this is your third one with these guys. You should be putting on a training seminar for them, how to preach and how to heal, heal the sick and, and, and how to start churches and plant churches. But Jesus says, no, what's really important is I just want to cook breakfast for them and share breakfast with them. Why would Jesus do that? Well, the verse I read to start my sermon today, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, tells us why. Because Jesus wants them to know him. He wants them to know him and the power of his resurrection. And so he doesn't put on a training seminar. He doesn't enroll them in an internship. He doesn't teach them at this point. He has breakfast with them. Because it's out of that knowing him that the commission comes. See, the commissioning that these disciples received was a natural byproduct of the knowing of Jesus. And I think most of us can relate to the disciples here in this story. I know I can. You know, I have been an occupational pastor for over 25 years, and I still don't know what I'm doing. And oftentimes I'm just like the disciples. I encounter Jesus and have these memorable, transformative experiences with him only to go back to my routine and what I know. And, and I'm guessing the same is true for some of you. And what I appreciate about this specific resurrection story 
What I appreciate about Jesus spending time with the disciples over breakfast of all things is it assures me that when Jesus shows up on the shoreline of my life, it's because he wants to spend time with me. He doesn't show up on the shoreline of my life to condemn me for not doing enough for him or to criticize my effectiveness as a disciple or as a pastor. He's not checking my, my time card to make sure I'm being productive. He just wants to spend time with me because he knows out of that knowing comes commissioning. And, and it's that knowing it, that, that motivates me to be on mission with him in the first place. It, it's not duty and obligation, but it's knowing him and the power of his resurrection. And I, I think a lot of time, our tendency is to put doing things for God ahead of being with God. We put doing things for God in front of being with God. You know what I mean by that? You know, we, we, we love our lists and our tasks and our achievements. And, and there's a certain sense of fulfillment that you and I experience when we accomplish God's work. And that's all fine and good. But sometimes what happens is we tend to measure our faith and our walk with God by the things that we do for God. And what this resurrection story does is it reminds us not to put the cart before the horse. That that doing things for God comes out of being with him. Yes, he invites us and gives us the privilege of being on mission with him, but all of that comes out of knowing him and knowing the power of his resurrection. And so when Jesus shows up on the shoreline to meet his disciples, he wants to have breakfast with them because he wants them to know him and know the power of his resurrection. So when Jesus shows up then on the shorelines of our lives, it's because he wants to do the same thing. He wants to spend time with us. And that sounds kind of weird, right? What do you mean? Jesus wants to spend time with us. What do you mean? What does spending time with Jesus even look like? Well, I'll just say this, that, that spending time with Jesus is a lot like spending time with family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. It can vary depending on the situation and the setting. You know, sometimes for me, spending time with Jesus is just me sharing with him what I'm excited about. Other times, spending time with Jesus, for me, looks like me letting him know what's bothering me, what's stressing me out, what's causing me to be anxious. Sometimes it's reading scripture and just reflecting on his word or, or sitting in silence with him, taking on the posture of a listener and just enjoying his presence. Sometimes, for me, spending time with Jesus involves confession just confessing and repenting of ways that I've wronged him and asking for forgiveness. Sometimes it, it's thanking him for, for all the blessings and the goodness that he's given me. Sometimes it's, it's asking him for help. Sometimes it's asking him for help on behalf of someone I know. It's all these things. And so let me ask you this question. What are some of the ways 
you spend time with Jesus. Because he wants to spend time with you. When he shows up at the shoreline of your life, it's because he wants you to know him and to know the power of the resurrection. And so I want to provide us all this morning with an opportunity to have some breakfast with Jesus. Well, it's probably brunch by now, right? We're going to have brunch with Jesus. And I want to invite you to put aside everything that you feel like you should be doing. And we're going to put a question on the screen for you. And I want to invite you to to grab something from your kitchen to eat, something to drink, something that's really tasty. And we're going to come back and, and... visit this question on the screen. And I want you to eat and, and, and drink while you're reading this question and just take some time to discuss it with Jesus. If you're with someone, you can discuss it with them too. Okay, so let me say a quick prayer for us while we're going to our kitchen to get something to eat so that we can have some, some brunch with Jesus. Let me pray. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you show up at our shoreline when we just don't have a clue what we're doing. We believe in you. We know you're alive. We just don't know what to do with ourselves sometimes. And you just faithfully show up and you call us. And and you call us not to um, condemn us, not to uh, measure us up in a way that that makes us feel like we should be doing more. You call us because you want us to know you and to know the power of your resurrection. You want to spend time with us. And so Jesus, we're going to set aside some time right now to be with you in our living rooms, in our homes. And I ask God that you would meet with us and that you would have this conversation with us and that we would walk away from this conversation of having brunch with you right here in our homes. We would walk away knowing you more, knowing the power of your resurrection more, relating with you. And God, from that, from that space, Lord, we know that you also invite us into your work, into your good work. So, Lord, we thank you for the privilege and and the opportunity we have this morning. We pray that we would meet you and that we would know you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.